0: It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon
2: Bream. All right, I am so excited to have someone, a first-timer on Live in the Bream podcast. I've read a lot of her work. Probably many of you listening have as well. Um, she is inspiring, and I think her new book is such good timing for what we're living through right now, the timing. She couldn't have planned it, but it couldn't be better. Um, please welcome with me Jenny Allen, who's the founder of if gathering, we can talk about that and tell you more about that. She's a New York times bestselling author and her newest book is get out of your head. Jenny, it's so great to have you with us. It's so great to be here, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Now I, love this book. The The cover art captured my attention. I mean, it's very different. It kind of is colorful. And I started to read this sub uh, line on it, stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. And I thought, well, everybody could use that. So I've had it um, with me in my pile of books that I'm going to read because I love your stuff. And I, I read nothing to prove um, a little while ago, you have so much good material out there, but this one I picked up recently as we're all stuck at home, worried about coronavirus, worried about our own health, people that we love, mm-hmm. um, you know, so far away, worried about the economy, worried about the world. There are a lot of toxic thoughts flying around out there. So your book could not have better timing. But right. tell us what prompted you to write it.
1: Absolutely. Well, you're right. I could not have planned the timing. What I would say the difference is and people reading it today versus people reading it two months ago when it came out is there are more people that understand this is a, this is an issue for them. Right. So, so when it first came out, I think a lot of us are are self-aware to know we've got anxiety issues. We've got, you know, a tendency to be critical of ourselves or other people. We tend to, you know, be hard on our kids or, you know, we'll, we'll notice some toxic thought patterns in our, in ourselves prior to COVID-19. Now, today, what we have is a universal global understanding that, that there are real issues that we've got to decide how our mind is going to attack them and how are we going to be in the midst of them because we can't avoid them, right? Like a lot of times you can pad your life and comfort your life in such a way that you're protected from difficulty if you have enough resources but that's just, it's no longer the case. Like we all are facing anxieties. And I think that's in some weird way, I know this is going to sound <laughs> odd for people, but in some weird way, I think it's good news because what, what it does, a, a, a difficulty like this is it uncovers what was already there. Realistically, I'm just going to say the science of it because I've done the research over 85% of people have mostly negative thoughts. Like most of your thoughts, 80 plus percent, are negative. So you're looking at people across the board that are already having negative thoughts, whether they're aware of it or not. What, what a difficulty like COVID-19 does is it brings that to the surface. It brings all of us on the same page where we all aren't confused. We are fighting anxieties that are real and pressing But realistically, most of you listening have also been fighting those same anxious thoughts in a different form. It's just more suppressed because you're not forced to deal with it in the same way you are during a tragedy or difficulty like this.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you talk about things that are common to so many of us, which is worrying about, do I measure up? Am I a good enough mom? Um, How does my body look compared to everybody else? Am I successful? Am I... I mean, what about my finances? There are so many things to worry about. And you, know, you outline in the beginning of the book, I mean, we have tens of thousands of thoughts going through our brain at all, all every day. Isn't that day. amazing? Yeah. And just, you point out this huge percentage of them that are negative mm-hmm. and it's just, I mean, you talk about the emotional side, but the science of it too, that of course, where your mind is parked, what you think about is going to act itself out in your life. And so if you're worried, if you're frenetic, if you're driven by comparison and social media and distracted, I mean, we set ourselves up just the way that the world works in 2020 um, to really have a difficult time with this. But what I love about what you say from the right beginning uh, is I have a choice.
1: We have a choice. Yes, we have a choice. It is so big. And I think it's one of the main reasons this book has done so well, because when I talk to people about why it struck a nerve for them. The number one response I get, and this will shock you, is I didn't know I had power over my thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is so basic to living a full, joyful, peaceful life that if we don't even know that we have power over our thoughts, like if we, if we think we are absolutely a victim to our, our whatever's in our brain, then we'll never change it we'll never even notice it we'll just live in it you know if 80 if most people's thought lives look like over 80% of their thoughts are negative by the way 90 plus percent are repetitive from the day before so we're thinking the exact same toxic thoughts day after day after day if that's true which science says it is then what we have is a major epidemic of of anxiety, depression, which isn't a surprise, right? The statistics are showing that all over the place. But the antidote is that there is a way to change. Now, I want to be really clear. Mental, I'm not saying that you can pray away, think away mental illness. I'm not saying that because I do believe there's a physical component to mental illness that that's not something you can just change your thinking. However, I would say you can help <laughs> mental illness with these practices and principles. So, so I want to be clear about that. I'm a huge fan of counseling and, and medicine when needed and, and all that, that I'm not saying that isn't useful. I'm just saying there are practices and authority that we've been given over our mind that can help whatever it is you're facing. And and I've seen this now. I'm I'm a little it's interesting that I wrote this book because I'm kind of the eternal optimist. Like anybody that knows me would say, you always believe the best about people, you be, believe like COVID-19 hits and I pull my team together. I'm like, what does this mean for us? Let's take the next hill. Like, how do we how do we lead through this? You know, that's kind of the way I'm wired. But I would say that that this moment in time also um is a choice for me to think that way. It's not like that is so easy for me because I have fears about our finances. Unless you have Amazon stock, you do have fears about your finances. <laughs> exactly. you know? Yeah. It's like nobody's job is that secure um, if, if recession hits. So, so we, I have fears about that. I have fears about the fact that I'm a leader of an organization that, that needs, you know, to know where to go and I can't see the future. And I, I it's dark when I look ahead. I have fears for my kids. If, know two are supposed to be in college next year and I don't know if they're gonna get to start. I hope they will, but I have all those fears. So it's not like I don't have those. My belief is I first of all I have a, a deep relationship with God. So I know that my ultimate hope is not on this earth. So I can I can fail here. I can let people down here I can make the wrong choice. I can lead poorly because my my ultimate identity and hope isn't in everything working out here. So there's that, that first layer of foundational confidence that I work from. Then there's another layer of I have a choice, which is what you brought up, which is, okay, so I've got two roads here. I don't know where one of them will lead. If I am optimistic and I am leading and I am catalyzing and I'm directing and I'm hopeful, I don't know where that could disappoint. Like, I don't know where that can lead. But I do know where the other one will lead. The other one will lead to par- being paralyzed as a leader, as a parent, as a friend, and and I don't want that. So I will take the, the road less traveled and, and be optimistic and believe the best and hope for the best because I believe that I'd rather head into the wild of failure and disappointment and <laughs> saying the wrong thing and not being right than being paralyzed and stuck without any forward movement. And and I think that's where we all sit whether we're a parent or a business leader or a nonprofit leader or a teacher or a doctor whatever we've got to decide how are we going to approach this are we going to be paralyzed in fear or are we going to imagine a future where we're thriving for all of us could happen.
2: Yeah, and I know a lot of us will get into that place of being paralyzed because we can't figure out the best decision to make or we're overwhelmed as you said by the fears of failure and other things. And it's hard to step out. But you talked about in the book that human beings aren't neutral. We're always moving towards something or away from something. So when you get stuck in kind of the grinding your gears where you're trapped by those thoughts and feel powerless um, against them, we can waste years of our lives doing that. And I've had Hmm. periods like that. You talk about in the book a very dark period that you went through. Mm -hmm. I'm like you. I'm very optimistic too and very sunny. And people are like, are you (laughs) never in a bad mood? But I went through one of those really dark things and um, you feel like you can't share it with people because they do expect you to be optimistic and happy and ready to go. Um, And it's only when you really level with people that you can start to get some help. Um, So you share that very vulnerably in the book, which I think is a huge help for people feeling like they can reach out and say, all right, I I need something bigger than me to help this." Mm -hmm. And you obviously come at it from a spiritual viewpoint. So when you talk about our thoughts that are toxic and bad for us and the fact that we have a choice you talk about the fact that if you're coming at this from a spiritual standpoint, you feel there are tools that you can use that can help you to get power over your, your negative thoughts and to move in a positive, healthy direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting because the war that you mentioned and the, the specific dark moment was actually a crisis of faith. So, the fact when I say that, that I have hope in God and I actually have a foundation of um, a spiritual life and, and faith, it's a hard fought. Thing. it's not it wasn't easy for me I, I faith came easy for me around 18 19 years old and and carried me for a decade or two but there was a point recently and this is really why I wrote the book where I felt like all of that was kind of slipping away and and it wasn't on purpose I wasn't sitting there thinking it was some other religion I just I was scared it just it, you know it just practically it just didn't go to heaven it went to just black and and what that did to me over time was it really eroded purpose it eroded the mission of my life it eroded relationships it eroded um my intentionality that that i think defines a lot of what i do and and what i care about and so it was a big loss it wasn't just my relationship with god it was it really kind of gutted me and and i say that because I think a lot of people are questioning faith or or maybe they're curious about faith and they're listening and they're you know they're drawn to you Shannon cuz I think you you do a good job of kind of leading well in the business space but also um having a faith that you're not ashamed of and and I think there's a lot of curiosity right now and and it gives me a lot of hope because this is the real thing is what what are we really holding on to right is it is it money well that's not going to last is it health it's not going to last and and i think what what covid-19 is doing is it's taking away all of our mm-hmm. ah, and we're kind of laid bare and we're like what what do we believe and i do think there's a curiosity about faith right now and as as someone who went to seminary who grew up in a christian home who married a pastor you know mm-hmm. i'm sitting here I, I really don't have more christian uh qualifications available that i that i don't possess and yet i walk through this pretty, pretty intense season of doubt for 18 months. And, and I think where people relate to that is just, I think a lot of people want there to be a God, they want there to be life after this, they want there to be hope beyond, you know, how, you know, great kids and a house and, you know, our provisions being met. But I think there's a fear. Uh, and I felt it of but is that true? And is that real? Or is that pretend? And I will say, as someone who's pretty pragmatic and has done a lot of research and science and all of that, I will say he is real. And and in, in my war where I doubted, um, he proved that. And and I I don't know. I mean, everybody has to go through that for themselves, right? But I will say that that spiritual component for me is is it's just everything and. And so when I think about our thought lives, and when I approached this book, I knew a lot of people would read it that that didn't have a faith. Mm -hmm. And yet I also saw a very strong correlation in the Bible and science, which is interesting because that doesn't always, that's not what everyone would say. But in this, in the study of the brain, you really do see a lot of consistency in what scripture tells us about our thoughts and our mind and about what science tells us, which is back to what you said we have a lot of power and authority over our minds. We have choices and, and scripture affirms that. So I, I, this whole war for me kind of gave me more confidence than ever for sure. That, that God is real, that, that he, that he likes me, not just that he loves me, but that he likes me and, and that he wants me to fight better because I don't think I was, I think I was passively experiencing doubt i was passively experiencing anxiety i was passively experiencing negativity and passivity and cynicism i was i was letting all of those things happen to me my passion for this is not that that, that there would be just you know perfect no mental illness i mean yeah of course that would be a great goal but that's not my goal my goal is that there would be a wake up call of hey i i do have more power than i thought And I do have, you know, a God-given mind that is meant to cause thriving and good for other people, not just to be about myself and to be inwardly focused.
0: We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bream today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com Bream.
2: In unpacking all of this, I mean, you talk about the power that's there. I think we can blindly go along, as we said, for years, months, years, whatever it is, feeling like we just have to deal, we have to deal with what we've been dealt, our circumstances. Now we Mm -hmm. do, but there's so much power in the way that we view our circumstances and view our ability to get through our circumstances. And you said, going through the darkest thing for me, that's always where my faith has grown the most. And I've shared that with people because you're in the worst place ever and no one wants to go there. Um, But what I found is that, um, you know, and I've shared this, God doesn't say we will have an easy life. He's never promised us that. In fact, he's warned us that we won't, but that he will walk through it with us, even the very worst parts. And he shows up in a way that, I wouldn't have learned it on the mountaintop where I'm just flying around and everything's great and you know, you have worldly success, financial success, your marriage is great, everything's awesome. It's only when you hit those really rough patches. For me anyway, I like to say, I wish that I could learn it in the happy times. It's not that yeah. I'm growing or learning, but I mean, the really important stuff I get in the worst moments. And so for someone who is struggling, um, especially right now with COVID-19, mm-hmm. you mentioned it made me so convicted about the things in my life that I rely on for comfort. Yes. Because the minute (laughs) all of those things started to get rattled and I, unfortunately or fortunately because of what I do, I saw early, early on a couple of months ago what this was probably going to mean. And so I think I had my sort of grieving and freak out on the front end. Mm -hmm. Um, I described it the other day to someone as being on the beach, knowing a tsunami is coming and everybody else on the beach is having a good time. And you're trying to tell them like this bad, bad thing is coming. Uh, But no one else has seen the science or the reports, so they don't get it yet. Um, And I remember Mm. having sort of my meltdown on the front end of this. But it stripped me bare in a lot of ways to say like, oh, look at this keeps you comfortable and your life's so comfortable here. And this is so easy. And as much as I thought, um, yeah, I'm growing and and learning every day, and I was – It's something like this that makes you think like, ooh, no, you're relying on all kinds of other things in your life that you're not supposed to be putting your trust in or your faith in or you're finding your comfort or your joy or your peace in. So I think for all of us, there are lessons to be learned through things like this. But for some people who are really, really struggling right now,
1: Mm-hmm. They do
2: feel like they're in one of these spirals that you describe in the book where you mm-hmm. you feel like you can't pull yourself out of it. But the message of the book, and again the name of the book, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. I mean, the message is there is a way out. We don't yeah. have to live in that place. Yeah. I, I think I don't even think these things are legal anymore, but I always relate to that <laughs>
1: feeling I would feel as a little kid. But those metal round, merry-go-rounds that your parents would push you yes. on and go too fast and you'd feel like you're going to fall off. woo Yeah. <laughs> and you'd feel like, I can't put my feet down. It's going too fast. Like I, can't. Right. If I put my feet down, I'm going to lose a leg. You know? <laughs> right. It's over. <laughs> and we were like five years old. And and I, you know, again, I haven't seen, I didn't raise my kids on those things. So they took those out of the playground. But but I remember that feeling of going, I can't put my feet down. Like it's going too fast and I'll, you know, I'll lose a leg if I try to put my feet down. And I think that's what so many people are feeling right now is they can't put their feet down. They don't know what to put their feet on. And, and I just, Oh, I just want to say that we see you and, and actually we're doing this for you. Like, this is why we're here is because we know that, that, that feeling is so deep. And, and so, you know, what, what I think the hope is here is that there is something to put your feet down on and that it isn't, fixing the problem, because that's what we were trained to do all of our lives, is if you if you work hard enough, and you are smart enough, and you are resourceful enough, you, are, you will build a way out of this problem, and I think what COVID-19 has done is been like, really?
2: Hmm, good luck. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> Unless like a go. scientist you is know? putting together a vaccine, which I'm currently not. Right, but... <laughs> still we're looking at months. So, right. Right. So it's like, okay, we we
1: can't just, we want to, we wake up and our mind tries to, we're like, oh, let's fix this. This isn't, this isn't comfortable. I don't like this feeling. I don't like not knowing what's ahead. I don't like feeling secure. Let's fix the problem. But our minds, at least my mind, you are Shannon, yours might land on something.
2: I know. I'm still, I know. I'm still looking. Trust me. No, I'm like, I
1: actually <laughs> believe it. Believe yours might. But, but mine runs and runs and runs. It circles the you know, and I'm like, I, I can't quite figure out how to fix all this. So so I think what's cool about that, and I know everybody thinks that's a funny thing to say, but but it is cool because that is not far from our everyday reality before this. We really can't fix our problems. We cannot we're all gonna die. You know, I mean not to be depressing on your podcast, but we're all gonna die. We all can't control everything we that was true before. It's not like COVID nineteen all of a sudden brought a new reality it just exposed what we already deep down felt, which is we really don't have as much control as we wish we, wish we had. Mm-hmm. So what that, now why that's good news is that when you're face to face with that, you have to decide what to do with that information. And that's what excites me right now is that we get to decide, are we gonna be those that are full of fear? Are we gonna be those that are paralyzed? Or are we gonna be those that lead and go, you know what, even what you're saying, I love it. Even in the difficulty. Especially in the difficulty, we can we can come together. We can lead. We can be hopeful. We can tell people things that are true and beautiful and lovely, like Philippians says in Philippians four. We can tell people things that are noble and good. And I think that is the moment we find ourselves in, which does excite me because we're all on the same page. When has humanity been on the same page in in our lifetime? You know, yeah, And, and we're all kind of globally on the same page of we now no we do, we all have different opinions of how to go forward but we do all feel you know universally somewhat stuck which mm-hmm. is bonding mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it is in a strange way um but like you said the issues that we were dealing with before whether it's anxiety or worry or whatever it is Yes, it's on steroids right now because of COVID. But one of the things that you point out, and we talked to John Eldridge about this in his mm-hmm. most recent book. He was on with our podcast recently is that we are so good at distracting ourselves with technology, with Netflix, with Instagram, whatever it is. Uh, and I think for a lot of people right now, like that's finding its limits. I mean, they're getting burnout on even that. So it's like even the distractions that you went to before to try to keep you going or from really digging in to look at solving the root issues or dealing with your underlying emotions. Um, even that for people are getting a little frazzled on those Mm. things. And so, um, I don't know about you, I don't have time for Netflix right now, but I feel like I have to watch the tiger thing that everyone is talking about. Um, eventually I'll get there maybe. Um, but I feel like it'll be something new. I'm the person who watches, you know, shows 10 years after they were popular. I finally get around to it. Um, but I think that there's a lot of binge watching that's going on and even people are realizing, okay, even if I have all day to watch Netflix, even that's not making this better. So Mm -hmm. it's a great time for us to look inward and think about these. So again, you timed this book, um, better. I think there's a little divine intervention there Mm -hmm. again. uh, It's called get out of your head. By Jenny Allen, stop the spiral of toxic thoughts. Whatever you're experiencing, if you got time to read, it's a great book, um, and there's so many practical tools that you'll dig into. So, Jenny, thank you for being with us on Living the Green.
1: Thanks for having me, girl. Great to meet you.
0: Come back soon.